It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSEN, the sports betting network. It's our number two of the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network, and we've got an absolutely tremendous hour for you as we're going to be taking a look at some futures as we're going to be diving into some NFL with both Brandon Anderson, who does great work over at Action Network, and Megan Payton, who does great work over at Wager Talk. Brandon's coming up in about 15 minutes, Megan in more 45 or so minutes, but we're going to be taking a look at all that we've been getting in the NFL recently, and of course... We let it off with pretty much our number one being all college basketball. We've got to continue on with some college basketball. And I hope to get a little bit warmer with these ZK Nation picks. As, boy, Wisconsin, they did everything right except throw the ball in the basket. That was really, really ugly with regards to the three-point shooting performance. We're going to be looking to a team that is able to put the ball in the basket a little bit more. So we're going to be doing that here in a minute or two. But we've got to mention the fact that the Greg Peterson experience is not what it is without all the wonderful people behind the scenes that do an amazing job of being able to help out. You've got my producer, Jason. He's the man that books all these tremendous guests night in and night out. And somehow, someway keeps me online. So, I mean, that is not an easy feat. He does absolutely amazing work. Always appreciate that. Everything that you see on the screen, whether you're watching on Visa.com, YouTube TV, list goes on and on of the places that you're able to get Visa. That would be Nick, the everyday Ray King of Visa. And he does amazing work over here. 
being able to keep us all online there. And the man that keeps us on radio, if you're listening on Sports Map Radio, whether that be the iHeartRadio app, you're able to go down the list. You might be listening in podcast form as well. Taylor is our audio engineer that does a great job there. And I did mention podcast form. vcin.com slash podcast. You're able to get every single hour of everything that we do here at the network. Every hour of the Greg Peterson experience, every hour of Follow the Money, all of our news shows like Best Bets, you're able to go down the list. And it is Sean that posts up all those hours. So a big thanks to him. And of course, if you miss any of the picks for myself, any of our guests, visa.com slash picks, we've got you guys all covered there. And well, hopefully we'll have you covered with a winner here with regards to the DK Nation picks as we lost with a team from Wisconsin on Wednesday. Now we're going to fade a team for Wisconsin on Thursday because I checked my radar and I think that there's a storm coming. How about if we go 727, 728 on the betting board? It is the St. John's Red Storm, and they're going to be playing against Marquette. This is going to be from Madison Square Garden. About as much of a home game as you could get for St. John's, even though they're listed as the top team on the card. As you've got Marquette, who's between a 6.5 to a 7-point favorite, and your total on this game, you're going to be finding it anywhere between 160.5 and 161.5. This is down, by the way, the, the total... From the opener of 164.5, which rightfully so, that's a pretty lofty number. But I do think that you've got some value here with St. John's. I set them as a 4.5 point underdog. I'm going to be making them the DK Nash pick. And I would say you probably want to wait a little bit on this number as well. Because I'm seeing some 7s start to populate. This did open up at 6.5. I would not doubt it if a lot of people take a look and they see, oh, Marquette, short price. They're the bottom team. And... They might get into the vortex of thinking they might actually have some sort of a neutral court slash home court advantage or something like that because that's sometimes how this works. But I do think that with St. John's, they're going to be able to hold in there. And heck, we saw St. John's hold in there the last time these two teams played. As you have to go back, oh, I don't know, to last weekend where St. John's, they lose that game by two. They did a very good job of being able to hang shot for shot with Marquette and where St. John's is going to be able to dominate this game is on the glass. St. John's, they are a team that ranks right around 60th in the country in terms of total rebound rate. They go up against a Marquette team that's 302nd in the country in terms of rebound rate. And on the side of St. John's is a man by the name of Joel Soriano. His 11.9 rebounds per game is fourth among qualifying D1 players. He goes along with that 15.2 points, 1.3 blocks per contest with Marquette. They've only got one guy that gives you north of five rebounds per game. That would be Oso Ogadero. who also does give you a block and a half per contest, but now you have two players on the roster that give you north of four rebounds per game. That is going to be a big, giant issue for them. Now, what is going to be an issue for St. John's is that they turn the ball over more than Marquette. Both of these teams do play at a brisk pace. St. John's a little bit more so than Marquette. Marquette hovering more around about 75th or so in terms of possessions per game, a little bit more, a little bit less. You've got a St. John's team that they certainly are looking to grip it and rip it. They are a team that entering into the action yesterday was a top 50 team in terms of total possessions per game. But I do think that for St. John's, they are going to be able to do a good job in this contest because I do think that they're going to be a little bit better with their three-point shooting defense. I pretty much am taking the home metrics here with St. John's. Typically, when it comes to a neutral court game, you try to be able to space those out, take a look at how a team does away from them. But I'm taking a look at the home metrics for St. John's, and they're allowing opponents to shoot right around 33% from three. And with Marquette, 
overall, including their home numbers, home and road, they're about 280th in the country in terms of their opponent's three-point shooting percentage. So that is less than terrific on that front. Both of these teams quite comparable in terms of their defense. In terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, St. John's entered into the day right around 127th with that regard. Marquette, 113th, but with how St. John's was able to just completely manhandle Butler, who's, I mean, I'm going to call what it is. This is not a good Butler team, to say the least, but with the way that they were able to manhandle them, they should be rising up the board, so both of these teams very comparable with the way that they give up points on a per-possession basis. I recognize that Marquette does have a few more shooters, but I mean, we've been noticing it with the St. John's team. They've been without Andre Carbello a little bit. They honestly play a little bit better without Andre Carbello, and the big reason why that gives more minutes for A.J. Store, someone who's been able to shoot 40% from three. One of the biggest issues that you've been having all season long with this St. John's team is that they are a team that ranks in the bottom one earner in all of college basketball in terms of three-point shooting percentage. Mr. Store, he was storing up buckets for just this time of year. He's been able to give you eight and a half points per contest, shooting from three-point range going into the game against Butler, right around 41% from three-point range. Now, you've got a lot of guys on the flip side, for Marquette, like a Cam Jones, they're able to throw it in from three-point range. But, I mean, contrary to popular belief, this is not some sort of Marquette team that is shooting an incredible percent from three-point range. Certainly, they've been able to do a pretty rock-solid job of being able to hit their threes, but they shoot right around 35.8% from three-point range. Meanwhile, Mr. Store, since he's been able to get more minutes since January 25th, he's been shooting right around 35.5% from three-point range, supplying 13 points. He gives you about a... Uh, three and a half, four rebound per game mark. So I like what he's been able to do for this team. And I think that St. John's is going to be able to hold in there. First two times these two teams hooked up, you saw Marquette go 20 of 43 from three-point range. I don't think that they're going to be able to keep that up. We saw St. John's play very well when they hooked up in Milwaukee. And I mean, the first time around, when St. John's traveled to New York, they were able to get that win by 11 points. But keep in mind, when Marquette played against St. John's the first time around, that was not at Madison Square Garden. That was at Carneseca Arena. So this is a completely different animal. I do think that St. John's, they get a big boost from that home court because among conferences that they do not just automatically give home court advantage to the lower seed. So they've got a predetermined location. There are only three teams that played on the court in which the neutral court is for this time around. That would be UNLV because, well, they're playing at the top of back center. That's their normal home court. Also, Princeton is pretty much getting home games in the Ivy League. And then you've got St. John's because they play a lot of their games at MSG. So my DK Nation write-up, that is going to be taking the points with the Red Storm. I did set my total at a 160.5. So a lot of places have a 161.5. I'm seeing at DraftKings, it's a 160.5. I'd be staying away a little bit more there. But the 161.5, so 162 that I'm seeing out here in Vegas, I'm willing to dive under on that. And my write-up, that is taking the points with the Red Storm of St. John's. How about if we take a look at another game that is going to be happening in the Big East Tournament? And this one I do think is going to be a nice slobber knocker. 733, 734 on the betting board. It is Creighton, and they're going to be taking on Villanova. Creighton opened up a four-and-a-half point favorite in a lot of spots. We're seeing this turn to fives in a lot of areas. Heck, apparently Caesars opened this up at four as well, which... Hopefully you grab that earlier rather than later. And your total on this game is anywhere between 134 and 135. And I want to lay up to a 4.5 with Green. That's currently the DraftKings number that we've got right now. 
I'd be willing to invest in this Creighton team that they're in a little bit of a wrench spot. Last time these two teams hooked up, Villanova was able to get it done, and I do think that you need to toss out the first 20-plus games of Villanova's metrics just because when they've been without Justin Moore this year, this team has been a disaster on defense. With Justin Moore, they've given up 72 points or fewer in nine out of their 11 games in regulation because they've played a few overtime games themselves. But I do think that it is important to be taking a look at a Villanova team that seems to have turned over a new leaf. And with Villanova, what they do a very nice job of is not beating themselves. They turn the ball over fewer than 11 times per game. They do shoot at the free throw line at the top rate in all of college basketball. Entering into the day, hovering right around 83 or so percent. But it's a Creighton team that should be able to dominate down low. Ryan Kalkbrenner, 7'1 load, who's able to give you 15 points, 6.5 rebounds per game. You've got guys like Arthur Kaluma, Trey Alexander that have been rock solid. But the biggest thing for this Creighton team, and it's a big reason why I do think that Creighton, if given the right matchups, they can make some noise in March. They are not having Ryan Nemhard turn the ball over. Last year, he was a walking turnover with right around 3.7 or so turnovers per game. He has downshifted that to more like two turnovers per game. So he's been able to do a great job on that front. Baylor Shireman is able to do a good job of it in the glass. I do think that Villanova is going to be a little bit outgunned on the boards. Now, you do have a Creighton team that doesn't necessarily do a great job with having a lot of depth, but with Villanova playing at such a slow style, that means that they're not going to be completely worn out at the end of this game. I did set my total at 135, or right around 134, 134.5. I'm willing to go over, and I'm willing to lay up to a 4.5 with Creighton. And coming next, something that I'm always willing to do is talk a little NFL. We are going to be doing that for much of the rest of the hour as Brendan Anderson, who does great work at Action Network, we're going to be scoping the landscape of the NFL futures market with them next, right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Calling all Massachusetts sports fans. Soon enough, DraftKings Sportsbook, Boston's hometown sportsbook, will be live in Massachusetts. Bet on all of your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home, and you don't want to be betting with some out-of-town sportsbook. Bet local with DraftKings, the only sportsbook born and raised in Massachusetts. Plus. All new customers who sign up for DraftKings today using the promo code VSIN, V-S-I-N, receive up to $200 in bonus bets to use once mobile sports betting hits Massachusetts. And soon enough, you'll be able to bet on everything. Money lines, spread, props, and so much more with Amer- one of America's top-rated sportsbook, DraftKings Sportsbook. If you or a loved one are experiencing problems with gambling, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit helplinema.org. To speak with a trained specialist, free and confidently, 24-7, 21 years or older for this, physically present in Massachusetts, eligibility restrictions apply, subject to regular licensing agreements, eligibility and deposit restrictions apply, often required, and bonus is issued in free bets. Terms are at DraftKings.com MA. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Banking Network. Great to be joined by Brandon Anderson. He does amazing work over there at Action Network and... He does a great job taking a look at the NBA, NFL, and he, much like myself, a D3 graduate, which we always appreciate those people on the show. And Brandon, it's great to have you aboard. Thank you. Good to be back. Wheaton College, shout out D3. It's fun. We got the D3 playoffs in action now. Wheaton making a little bit of a run in some men's basketball. 
got a lot of sports happening. March is a wonderful time of the year. Yes, it is. And from the WIC, the UW-Whitewater men's team has made the Sweet 16. So we need to take note of that. And you need to take note of everything that's happening in the NFL as well. And just from your personal vantage point, before we dive into some of these futures, what do you think was the biggest move of, we're going to call it the last seven days? Because we've seen quite a bit with the draft combine. We've seen quite a bit with free agency. Because I think for me, it's just the actual action that happened with Derek Carr now officially being with the New Orleans Saints. I think that that for me was the biggest move. But is there one that you feel like stands out a little bit more than that? Yeah, I think Derek Carr of the moves that have actually moved probably is the one. But I think as far as, you know, a big picture future Super Bowl sort of move, it doesn't really move the needle a ton for me. Derek Carr, like nobody really thinks the Saints are going to make that sort of run. You know, I'm a Vikings fan. I feel like the Saints kind of just signed up for the Vikings experience. So when we got their version of Kirk Cousins, we can win nine or ten games and maybe win a bad division. To me, I'm going to cheat a little bit here. I think the big move story from the week is the one that's still in progress. I think it's that Lamar Jackson non-exclusive franchise tag. And what is happening with that? What's happening with all the teams? The flurry of teams you had to run to the microphone to say, we're not us. We're not interested. We're not doing it. Uh, this is a 26-year-old MVP in his prime, one of the best quarterbacks, especially as some of these older guys age out. And if he goes to the NFC, he might be immediately the best quarterback in the entire conference. And just, he's a kingmaker. He's a guy that just by having Lamar Jackson, you are a Super Bowl contender. And I know it's a lot. They got to give up the picks. They got to give up the huge contract. To me, that's in progress. But I think that's the move that we've got to be, be talking about right now. And how do you view Ravens futures? Because they're a team that maybe I had a little bit too much invested in last year as well. They let me down quite a bit, but I mean, the way that I take a look at the Ravens, they had really bad injury luck two years ago. And last year, every single game that Lamar Jackson started, they had a lead in the fourth quarter. And I think that at some point they had an A-plus lead in all but either one or two of the games that Lamar Jackson started. And I think that this is a team that if they could just find a way to close out and they made some moves at the deadline to improve that defense, this could be a real juggernaut out there in the AFC. Yeah, I think so. I mean, as long as the Ravens, they're always going to have a very stable franchise. They're well coached, certainly about as well as anyone. Harbaugh and the entire staff there. I love Todd Munkin, who they brought in to run the offense. I will like him a lot more if he has Lamar Jackson still. That would be part of the deal you want there. But I, I think it's hard to buy Ravens futures right now, just while we don't know what's happening at quarterback. And I know you're getting a little bit of a discount probably while there's some unknown there, but I, I don't think it's enough of a discount to take the risk. If Lamar is gone, that's a totally different franchise. And I think your ticket is basically dead at that point. So for me, as good as Lamar is, even as good as the franchise is, the Ravens have become, for me, a team that I will bet the over on in season. I will bet them to make a run at the one or the two seed. I don't buy a lot of postseason futures. We haven't seen Lamar and this team win with that style in the playoffs enough times for it to be proven. It certainly can. I don't know that we're ruling it out, but I, I want to buy regular season stock in this team. And there's not a lot of that that we can even purchase at books right now. So I think I'm going to wait and see on Baltimore, but I certainly like the marriage with Munkin if it does pay off that way, if Lamar sticks around. It's definitely an intriguing pairing. It is very intriguing. And what did you make about the New York Giants 
running everything back as well because I do take a look at the New York Giants and I liked what I saw from them the final month of the season. I just don't know how much the upside is and I think that the New York Giants are a textbook example of how much do we make out of coaching in the NFL because I absolutely love what Brian Dable is able to do as a coach. I don't know if I'm too impressed by really anyone on that roster though. Yeah, I agree. I think this is the exact sort of move that I don't want a team to make. I love Brian Dable. Giants fans, you got to be excited. You, you want a playoff game. That is not a thing that almost even the most optimistic Giants fans would have expected. My fear is, and we see this in a lot of sports, we see this in basketball too, where the, the bracket breaks the right way. Suddenly when we get a team makes the conference finals, the Blazers did it, the Mavs did it a little bit in recent years. And suddenly it's like, oh, hey, let's lock it all in. We got our guys. What a great team we have. The, the Hawks come to mind also. Um, but it happens in any sport where you get the right break, you get a win, you get a pretty good feel-good season, and you're like, all right, that's our team now. Let's do this. And nobody thought this was our team with the Giants even a couple months ago, like let alone before the season. So I don't know. Daniel Jones, to me, is a lower version of that Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr group that we talked about. I, I, he's younger and there's maybe some untapped upside, but I don't think anyone really, really thinks that much of it. Frankly, I think they lucked into playing the Vikings in the playoffs, who we all said all year long were a fraudulent team, not as good as their record, and they barely got the win there. There could have been a couple of plays and may have lost that one as well. So I, I don't know. I, I hate to rain on the parade, but it's hard for me to see the Giants replicating this year's success. There's not a lot of talent there, and now they don't have a lot of money left after paying Jones and franchising Saquon. There's not a lot else they can really add to this. And it's alarming to me that you say, okay, we got Daniel Jones. Now how can we help him? We need to get him some help. Well, if you need to get him help that badly, maybe that's not the guy you want to hit your wagon to for not $160 million. We know that's not how these contracts work, but a lot of money. At the very least, we know this contract is going to turn out better than the Kenny Galladay contract. If he just throws like five passes a game, it's already turned out better than that because, my goodness gracious, the guy couldn't even get out there on the field and had a really bad receiving core to start with. So that was cataclysmically bad, almost as cataclysmically bad as the New York Jets quarterback room as I mean you take a look at the New York Jets and I think we both be in agreement of the teams that need a quarterback they're probably the one with the most pieces but we're seeing this right now go on with Aaron Rodgers I don't know if there's any other teams that might be a possible landing spot for him but I do feel like out of all the teams that need a quarterback the Jets are probably the most ready-made product right now to compete in 2023. Absolutely I actually had an article up at Action Network on who, who is the team that has the most quarterback-ready roster? And I think the Jets just are screaming as the answer to that. I also had an article on who will be next year's Eagles or who's next year's Chiefs. I think the Jets could be next year's 49ers. That was a juggernaut team where, hey, we have all the defense. We saw that defense this year. They were awesome. A lot of weapons on offense. We had the rookie of the year. And don't forget, Brees Hall, who would have been the rookie of the year until he got hurt. So, top two offensive rookies on that team, young offensive line. All they're missing is a quarterback. All they're missing is, please, God, not Zach Wilson. Just give me <laughs> any quarterback, anybody. Like, if this is where Derek Carr went, people would have been like, oh, all right, well, this is 11, 12 wins. This is a playoff team. Let's see what they can do. People are now tying themselves into, well, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo. That's probably a playoff team. Well, if that's the case, if that's the bar, 
The roster is so good. Add Aaron Rodgers, who just was back-to-back MVP two and three years ago. That is a really high ceiling for the team. I think it looks like that's where this is headed. I recommended them at 25 to 1. That number obviously has dropped with the Rodgers news, but that to me is a Super Bowl contending roster. If they get Rodgers in there, this screams that Brett Favre Jets year, and uh, that didn't win a championship there, but it gave them a real shot at it. I think Rodgers could do the same for them. And being someone born and raised in the state of Wisconsin, I think that expecting Aaron Rodgers to win another MVP, probably a little bit unrealistic, but you just mentioned it. Would I take Aaron Rodgers or Jimmy Garoppolo right now, Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr? I would be taking Aaron Rodgers. So certainly that would be a big haul for the Jets. But what is also a big haul is being able to talk some NBA on this show as Brandon Anderson has been doing a great job of taking a look at all these NBA awards all season long. We're going to get his thoughts on the futures market and just the NBA as a whole next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VSIN.com to check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and the bets are moving for every single game? Well, the betting splits page has updated every 10 minutes with DraftKings odds, so that way you're able to see all the changes in the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match up with the public opinion. You're able to check out not just today's action, but future events as well as betting splits are another way VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. So check out today's betting splits at VEASAN.com. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, and great to be rejoined by Brandon Anderson. He does amazing work over at Action Network. And Brandon, I know that you've been doing a great job of being able to take a look at these awards and We'll start right here because we saw a lot happen at the trade deadline. We saw a lot happen at the all-star break with guys being let go of signing with new teams, what have you of everything that we saw in terms of the trade deadline period. I think that that's the best way of putting it. What has been the biggest mover in terms of any of these awards? It could be a sixth man of the year, even like a coach of the year who has been the biggest mover based on everything that we did see at that deadline. Yeah, I would say, I mean, I think the biggest award move at the deadline has to be the six man of the year race, just because Russell Wilson went, or sorry, Russell Westbrook, Russell Wilson, he's not winning any awards anytime <laughs> soon. Westbrook was 100 to one earlier in the year and then suddenly became the odds on favor with the minus in front of him. I don't know if we really ever believed that was the case. That almost seemed like a liability coverage sort of thing. But the man was putting up numbers, and we know we like to give Russell Westbrook awards. Well, when you get traded off of your team just because they're trying to get rid of you and then cut off of the next team, I think we pretty much know where that's going. So, yeah, that one's been interesting because that sort of blew the six-man of the year race open, and it kind of left like, well, Malcolm Brogdon, he's an excellent line. He's on a good team. Usually that's where this comes from. He's scoring a pretty good number of points. But he's not the sexiest leader. So then it's like, all right, well, who is going to be in the mix there? I've had my eye on Norm Powell from the Clippers. He still, I think, is more in the mix than books are giving credit for. He's the leading bench scorer, and that's usually what we do here. But, of course, the big buzz right now is Emmanuel Quickly out in New York. Everyone loves their New York candidate, and he suddenly went from, I mean, as recently as a couple of weeks ago, post-All-Star break, 
he was posting like a 200 to one, like he was barely even recognizable and he is the favorite now at most books. And I think that race is still going to kind of shape up and maybe move a little bit here before we get to the end of the season. I do think that it is so interesting to take a look at all these guys that are moving and shaking. And is there anyone that, I mean, it could be a guy that moved, it could be a guy that didn't move, but someone that you see other than Emmanuel quickly, that's really ascending and is starting to gain some steam in the market that there's still a nice little bit of a time to buy in on them here for the, for the stretch run. Uh, I don't know at sixth man. I'm not sure that there's somebody, but let me pivot to another award here. Let me go with most improved. I still think that the most improved player odds are a little bit off of what I would expect. We've had a lot of Lowry Markin all year. He's the clear favorite at books right now. And from my history doing the research here, typically voters give most improved player to not just somebody that improves, not just somebody whose numbers go up. All those things have to happen. They got to win too. We need a player that makes the playoffs. Nine out of the last 10 players that won most improved made the postseason. And typically, they're a player that contends for all NBA as well. Lowry Markinen and the Jazz, it seems like they're starting to fade a little bit. They're starting to fall off. And I almost wonder, the Jazz have a really tough schedule coming up down the stretch here. That would be very easy for Danny Ainge to lean into and be like, you know what, guys? We, we had fun, right? But we traded away half of our team now at the deadline. Let's just go ahead and lose a few extra games. Get a few more ping pong balls for the Wembenyana sweepstakes. That's what the Jazz were assumed to be doing all year. I think that's the direction they're going. And if it is, Lowry maybe just doesn't play as much. He gets one of those phantom sprained ankles that we've seen another candidate, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, usually gets. I think Gilgis-Alexander is still in the mix. I think OKC is in the mix for the play-in and will push all the way. And I think Jalen Brunson, he would be my pick to win right now because we're going to get down to the end here, and we're going to see Lowry, Brunson, Shea. I think Halliburton will get some votes. I think Mikhail Bridges will get some votes. We're going to get maybe a split decision here. And if there's a split decision, wouldn't you want to back the one guy who's definitely in the playoffs, who's the best player on a playoff team, by the way, in a big market where we know a lot of voters live and watch the games at? I just think, I don't know that Brunson should win, we don't care about who should win as batters. We care about who's going to win. I had Brunson before the season, 25 to one. I got some more 50 to one. He's closer to four to one now, but I honestly think that he would be my pick to be the favorite to win this award still. And I am holding on to some Shea Gilders Alexander at 18 to one as well. So right. I am right there with you. If we can knock Lowry Markinen out of the race, get it to Brunson or Shea Gilders Alexander. That would be very, very ideal for myself, to say the least. And then just taking a little bit more of a team perspective on things, I do think that the West is wide open. I don't know if you've been able to have too much of a read on this, but it's been a little bit difficult for me because I've always been of the nature of fading a lot of these teams that they make these blockbuster deals just because in any form of basketball, whether that be your child's AAU team, whether that be the Olympic team, the NBA, college basketball Chemistry still matters. It does feel like it might be a little bit different with the Suns. I can't get behind them to win the title, but I feel like in the West, it's as wide open as it gets. I don't know if you've got any value on any of these teams in the West, but it feels just like a murky conference at this point. 
It does feel murky, but the team that I've liked all season is no surprise. It's the one at the top. It's the Denver Nuggets. They are coasting away to the one seed. They're coasting, I think, to a Nikola Jokic MVP, a third one in a row. And I actually think that the Suns' big move for Kevin Durant bought us an extra month or two of window of value to bet on the Nuggets. I still think Denver is going to come out of the West. They're going to be the one seed. They're going to get an easier matchup early on because of that. The Suns, they might play the Warriors in the first round. That's the defending champs, and they might not be what they were last year. But you do not want to have to face Steph and Clay and Draymond when they're healthy and going for it. It's not a fun matchup for anybody. You might have to face Luka and Kyrie. That could be the Phoenix's first-round matchup for a team that, by that point, maybe has played, what, 20 games together with their core guys with Durant there. So, yeah, I think Durant does slot in very nicely. He's not necessarily, like you said, a guy that needs a ton of reps in chemistry. He's just going to score the ball. He's going to fit in and, and do his thing there. So I think that it'll work all right. But I like the Nuggets. I, I think that they're the best team in the West. I think their defense is underrated. The offense we know is great. Nikola Jokic, for all the crap he's getting on social media, the man has been awesome in the playoffs. They haven't made big runs, but it's because everyone else is hurt. Well, right now, Jamal Murray starting to look like a superstar again. He's finally getting healthy. He's playing great. Aaron Gordon was playing an all-star level as kind of the perfect glue guy on the team. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, I think, is another version of that. Michael Porter Jr., that guy can score 20 and a quarter at any time. He could, you know, swing a series with a big shooting performance. I just think the Nuggets are, are the team in the West, and I don't know if I love them in a finals matchup, like against Milwaukee or Boston. So I probably would be looking to play a Denver West future more than a title future. But I think the Suns' move for Durant has actually bought value on Denver instead. And with the Denver Nuggets, they have been the team that really has consistently been able to do it time and time again in the West this season. And they're one of the few teams that are able to win on the road in the West as well, which, I mean, just as the Golden State Warriors, how hard that has been all season long. And I know something else that you've done a good job of is teams to be able to make slash miss the playoffs. Who have been a few teams in particular that you've been spotlighting with a little bit of value either to make slash miss it? Yeah, I think you have to look in the West. The East has kind of uh, gotten a little boring in some ways. We kind of know how the East is shaping out. The West, we're starting to get a little bit of an idea. I think we have a top four in the West now. We thought the Clippers were up there. They've fallen back to the group. We thought the Kings were maybe in the back group. They've surged up ahead. So I think you look and I see five, six, seven, eight now in some order. Mavericks, Warriors, Wolves, Clippers. I think there's a little mini drop off after that to the rest of the teams, which that includes the Lakers. The Lakers are making a push. They've got a really easy schedule coming up. But I think because they know we want to bet on the Lakers, they know we want to bet on LeBron to make the playoffs. If you are the nine or the 10 seed, you've got to win two elimination play-in games just to make the playoffs. And the Lakers aren't even a guarantee to make the nine or 10 seed spot either. So I think right now there's still is value on Lakers to miss the playoffs. I think that number is low. And honestly, you don't have to bet it yet. I think that number is going to get a little shorter as they inevitably make their push. People go all in. On the flip side, I like the Thunder. I still think the Thunder can make the play-in. I've seen it around five to one. I still think they're making a push there. They're not going to go in the tank, and they'd be my pick. I think they could even be the team that ends up knocking the Lakers out. 
my Shea Gildress Alexander, most improved player future. Like to hear that and always love having you aboard, Brandon. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Always great to have Brandon Anderson of Action Network joining me. And coming up next, let's talk some NFL features with Megan Payton of Wager Talk right here on the Great Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is the place to be. You could win up to ten thousand dollars of bonus money instantly by playing in our exclusive Bet Rivers Squares this basketball season. Place a qualifying bet and you get a square on those. And if your numbers match up with the final score of the game, you win. Restrictions on qualifying wagers, eligibility bonus, and credit use. Full terms and conditions are available at BetRiverSquares.com. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Eason, the Sports Bank Network. Always great to be joined by Megan Payton, who does terrific work over at Wager Talk, taking a look at the game that we love of football. And I know that she does some work with regards to the NBA as well. And Megan, always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Thank you so much, Greg. Excited to be joining you as always and excited to get to talk a little NFL. The drama's back full circle in football, so we've got plenty to break down. Absolutely. And I'm not sure about you, but I mean, it's nice to see guys get paid. It's nice to see the franchise tagger and everything like that. But for me, the real action is where the moves actually happen. A guy going from one team to the other. And the biggest move, in my opinion, that has happened the last week, that's Derek Carr. He heads over to the New Orleans Saints, a division that let's call it what it is. It's a wasteland of not great quarterbacks. <laughs> How do you view this move for the New Orleans Saints? Because I don't know if I could consider them like a Super Bowl contender or anything like that, but certainly they become the top team in the division and a division that, once again, no good quarterbacks in there. Derek Carr immediately shoots to the top. Greg, I think this is a great move for the uh, for Derek Carr and also for the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints looking for that piece to make them separate themselves from the rest of the NFC South. And just this move alone, now the Saints have the shortest odds to win the NFC South. And get this, you look at the odds to win NFC Championship, Saints have the fourth shortest odds at plus 1,100 on FanDuel Sportsbook. The only teams above the Saints right now to win the NFC is the Niners, Eagles, and Cowboys. I don't know if that says a lot about New Orleans and where they're at, or if that just shows you how much the NFC struggling compared to the AFC. Derek Carr going to the NFC was a great move for his career, too, because there were a lot of talks about him going to New York, potentially, and as great as he would have been on the Jets, this AFC conference is a lot more competitive than the NFC right now. The Saints looking for that extra piece at quarterback, someone that can be consistent. Uh, Derek Carr and Dennis Allen worked together. Dennis Allen was a part of drafting Derek Carr back whenever uh, he was the coach over at Oakland Raiders at the time. And now Derek Carr gets this new chance, I think, in New Orleans, a great spot for him. Being very familiar with the organization, I really feel like he'll fit in. Well, one aspect to this whole uh, free agency with Derek Carr, the Saints, I think about Jameis Winston because I look at a guy like Jameis Winston and say, he still has ability to play. He could be a comeback player, potentially a Geno Smith style where, hey, no one was really talking about him this past year. And then he comes back and potentially does well for another team. Yeah, Ben, how surprised were you that Jameis Winston just 
really got benched without anyone knowing any reason why because that was something that really stood out to me because with Jameis Winston, it felt like there was a little bit of upside the last few years. He gets injured and Andy Dalton, who did nothing special all year long, got all the starts. And to me, that was just one of the most head-scratching things I saw all season. Look, I'm a huge Jameis Winston fan, and I don't know exactly why uh, that happened and the situations in New Orleans took place. But I believe that Winston can go somewhere and be a starting quarterback, especially in the NFC right now. There are plenty of teams right now in need of a quarterback. So maybe it wasn't the right fit in New Orleans. Clearly, they moved on to Derek Carr, but they've got to do him right by letting him get out of New Orleans and go find another place to be. And I really do believe he could be a starting quarterback, especially with what is at stake right now in this NFC conference. Absolutely. And I think that we both know the team that is a quarterback away from being a competitor right now. And they're trying to get that quarterback in the New York Jets. But who do you think might be a good landing spot for Jameis Winston? Because we've seen Geno Smith get paid. We've seen Daniel Jones get paid. And I mean, Geno Smith had a very nice year, but once again, that's one year. Daniel Jones, someone who had a nice back half of the season, but I don't think either of us are putting him in the top 10 of quarterbacks quite yet. If he proves something in the next few years, that's subject to a little bit of change. But I mean, clearly the quarterback, the quarterback market, it's rewarding guys that they've got some upside. They are trying to be able to bank on what they might be able to get in the future or a few teams that you think could be able to work with Jameis Winston and be able to elevate. There's a lot of teams, Greg. How about a division rival? Maybe the Carolina Panthers, maybe the Falcons. I, I don't know necessarily how likely that is, but stay in the NFC would be my opinion. Then you even look at a team like the Packers. Say they do get rid of Aaron Rodgers. We do see Rodgers in New York. Then the Rodgers, I mean, then the Packers are assumingly going to be going with Jordan Love, but how about have a quarterback battle at least with Jameis Winston? So maybe he's not that automatic number one, but he's fighting for that spot in training camp, and he's got a real shot to win. So I stay, I see him sticking in the NFC. I don't know if he stays in the NFC South, but maybe we see him up in the North, whether that be part of the Lions, potentially, Packers. He's going to be somewhere, I think, at this NFC conference. Yeah, that would be very, very fascinating because the Packers, all these years, they've had Brett Favre a very late or a very early second-round pick, a late first-round pick in Aaron Rodgers. Now they would have a former number one overall pick at quarterback right. that somehow, some way, they get just through the grapevine. So that would be of interest. And obviously, I mentioned this, there is a little bit more action, in my opinion, when guys move, but we did see the Giants certainly make some headlines over the last few days. They have decided that they're going to be putting the franchise tag on Saquon Barkley, and they have decided that they are going to be investing in Daniel Jones. What do you make out of this? Because I think the Giants are going to become the next real case study as to how much coaching means in the NFL, because I love what Brian Dable was able to do in New York in the first year, but let's call it what it is. If you look at the roster itself, there's nothing really sexy about this Giants team. Yeah, and... Granted, we still have to give credit to what New York did. We look at what their team win total would have been last offseason to what they were able to accomplish. It's really insane. And I think a lot of that is credited to head coach Brian Dable, who did win coach of the year well-deservingly. So I like the move with Daniel Jones. Look, I, there were so many reports about him wanting $45 million per year. And look, they didn't get to that, but they still got him well over in the, I believe, $38 million per year. And Daniel Jones is going to be his best playing 
with Brian Dable. So we've said this many times, but if there's one coach that's going to be able to get the most out of uh, Daniel Jones, it's going to be head coach Brian Dable. As far as Saquon Barkley franchise tagging him, I, I believe that's the right move here. I, there was nothing when you look at the different franchise tags around the league that really jumped out at me. Lamar Jackson is clearly going to be the storyline of franchise tags and how he is on a uh, non-exclusive franchise tag. But sticking with the Giants, I like what they're doing with Daniel Jones. I like the commitment to him. I like uh, keeping Saquon on a franchise tag. I like this Giants team, and honestly, I'm a little bit surprised right now that they're plus 1,500 to win the NFC. I mentioned that the Saints were uh, 11 to 1. There are plenty of teams in the NFC above the Giants right now. So if you feel like they could make even more improvement in the 2023 season, that might be a fun futures bet to get on now. And I want to get your thoughts on the NFC futures because right now over at DraftKings, the top team to be able to win the Super Bowl, the team with the shortest odds from the NFC, is the San Francisco 49ers. And I mean, the overall roster is terrific, but who's going to be playing quarterback day number one for the San Francisco Giants is a question mark. And I am not willing to make the favorite in the NFC, a team that you have no idea who the quarterback is going to be. Well, Greg, I might push back on that a little bit because guess what? They went through four different quarterbacks and it didn't seem to matter until they were on literally their fifth string quarterback in the NFC Championship. So I'll bet on San Francisco all day because they still have one of the most complete teams in the NFL from their defense to their offensive weapons with Christian McCaffrey there with the best tight end with a run defense that might have fell, fell apart against the Eagles in the NFC Championship. It is a strong, solid foundation. And I'm not too worried about who's going to be under center there in San Francisco. I do think that it is very much of intrigue. Will be very interesting to see what they do because we just don't know who's going to be healthy enough for them to be able to play quarterback day number one. But I've got to close it up with this. What do you make out of the Jets? Everything that is happening with Aaron Rodgers, because I do think that if Rodgers actually does go to New York, which feels like all signs are pointing to it and I'm sure that you're sick of talking about Aaron Rodgers because I <laughs> certainly am. But that said, if he goes to New York, I do think that that's the biggest move of the offseason. And the Jets showed that even with Zach Wilson, they were able to win games last year. If Aaron Rodgers ends up in the New York Jets, we're going to see a major shift in odds, and it does a lot for this Jets team that has a solid defense. They've got a great draft class from 2022. You bring out Brees Hall, running back. We spoke about him the last show. I, I really think the Jets become serious contenders if they get Aaron Rodgers and hopefully for their sake they do and hopefully for Green Bay's sake they can start evaluating Jordan Love a player that they traded for a few years back and actually get to see what he's worth if there is one move that happens in the offseason that's huge I would say it's Aaron Rodgers headed to the New York Jets that's a huge move and the move to get you on this show is always big as well Megan always appreciate your time thank you so much thank you Greg love coming on Always love having Megan Payton of Wager Talk to be able to talk some NFL with us. And coming next, let's take a look at the Big Ten Tournament for this College Basketball Thursday right here on the Greg Peterson Experience. I'm Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 